WPSC, the number one college radio station in the country. That country is America, and it is great. Good to have you here. Thank you for listening. I'm your professor, David Kirk Thope, along with your professor, Dr. Esteban. That is he, that is I, we are we, and here we are today. Thank you for listening. We also have with us today a great guest. Her name is Caitlin Droz from the Warner Music Group. Caitlin Droz from Warner Music Group. Hi, everybody. They didn't answer. No, they <laughs> you didn't. almost were in Nashville. You almost had a southern accent. Yeah. Hi, everybody. That was Sometimes it just comes out. Yeah, just her, her natural uh, Tennessean accents there. And then we have our good friend uh, Corey Ianual. Close enough. How, how I'll would take you that. say it? Annually. Annually. Say it again. Annually. Annually. It's I-A-N-U-A-L-E for those of you who want to connect with him on LinkedIn. A bunch of vowels. Yeah, way too many vowels. You're like the opposite of a New York taxi driver. <laughs> so um, Corey is our student co-host. He's the one who booked this, so we're going to do that in a moment. But we want to remind everybody, go to musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for our newsletter, read our stuff. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the face of the book, at musicbiz101wp. We have an amazing podcast, which you all love. It's on iTunes and, and uh, SoundCloud, so please do that. We want to give thanks to the Music Biz Association for giving us this, this space in Nashville, Tennessee. What is Tennessee? Do you know what kind of, like, New Jersey's a garden state. What is Tennessee? It's a music state, isn't okay, it? It's, I'm it's, making it's, that up, but I would imagine. It's the music state. We're in the music city. <laughs> so it's, it's, Some it's, Smoky Mountain Taps. It's, that's right. It's the, uh, the practically um, uh, rec rectangular state with some cuts in it. If you look at a map of Tennessee, there's... Geometry. Yeah, there's a bunch ge of geometry. Ge a lot of geometry in that state. So we want to thank Music Biz for giving us this room, Room 202, here. It's Chili Room, isn't it, Marconi? Yes, it is. Uh, I won't go into it. <laughs> we want to give thanks to our folks at <clears throat> Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb-cpa.com when you are ready. And at the end of this, you're also going to hear Don't Let Love Down by our good friend, the Grammy winner, Rob Fusari. Yes. And we want to thank him for his support because of Rob. Corey has a place to stay here in Nashville, yes. in Tennessee. And reminder, by managing your band, Sixth Edition, written by Marconi and Phil, coming out June 6th to an Amazon near you. Yeah. So now, Corey, we're handing off to Corey with the vowels. We're handing <laughs> off the show to him to do our little intro of our good friend, Caitlin Droz-Zida. Well, we have someone here from Warner Music Group. You know, she's an authoritative force in talent acquisition. So, you're an authoritative <laughs> force. <laughs> if you're lucky, she <laughs> might hire you. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Caitlin Droz. Caitlin Droz! Caitlin Droz, the all-powerful Caitlin Droz. <laughs> Formerly known as Nudo. 
sometimes still go by that. Was that your uh, circles? My maiden name. Oh, your oh. <laughs> yeah. okay. I thought that was your stage name when you played uh, Taiwan or where, where were you? Uh, where you played um, uh, in Indonesia? Indonesia, yeah, Jakarta. So okay. I was Caitlin Nudo at that point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good to have you here. Drivers. Thank you. Thanks yes. for having me. Yes. All right. Well, to get off in there, do you have any? How do you rate a good application? It's a good question. So I think it depends on the position. May I interject real quick? Yeah. Just Caitlin's job is, uh, tell, tell them what your official position is so that question has relevance to who you are. Yeah, of course. So I'm the uh, director sorry. of talent acquisition for Warner Music Group. I don't find the talent that you hear on the radio, but I find the talent who works behind the music, so in-house, in our internal business units, all of the different record labels that um, fall under the Warner Music Group umbrella, WIA, ADA that does the artist services, and then our corporate functions like finance and HR and legal and everything that holds the show together, I guess you can say. So I also manage our internship program. Um, so look from everything from the entry-level interns up through our you know, senior vice presidents and executives who, who run our labels. Now may you, you may ask your question again. So how do you rate a good application? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so I think it does depend on the, the job itself. Um, you know, making sure that they at least meet 80 to 90% of the qualifications that are written in the job description. Sometimes those job descriptions I know can be a bit ambiguous if you're just looking on a company website. So I make sure to kind of sit down with the hiring manager for a certain position and go over all of the must-haves, the nice-to-haves, the wish list of things that they look for in a candidate. Um, and let's compare it to the job description that they've created. And if it's not in there, making sure that some of those qualifications we edit so that candidates know whether or not they should apply for the position. And then once we start looking at the resumes, we make sure that they have the basic things. You know, do they have the education requirements? Do they have, you know, a certain number of years of experience? So if it's a VP position and someone right out of school is applying for it, probably not the right qualifications, not the right applicant. Um, also, too, like what kind of uh, career history have they had? You know, have they been going a certain way in their career, you know, hitting on different points and, and showing progression at certain organizations? So coming right out of school, have they done some internships, you know, within a certain space? Um, you know, is it is it obvious to us that they're passionate and, and within a trajectory that they're looking to aspire to be in? Um, you know, so if I'm looking at, for example, I'll just use like a digital marketer, for example. Um, have they done internships in that space? You know, are they one to two years out of school and, and are they working at a company? Have they gotten certain promotion? What are the results, you know, that they've proven, you know, while they've been at a certain organization? Is that apparent on their resume or does it just read as a job description? You know, so what are their accomplishments? What extracurriculars have they done? Um, you know, are they volunteering in certain spaces that might be related or supporting nonprofit organizations? I mean, it, it just kind of looking at the whole package of a campaign candidate you know and and also too it's good to have experience outside of the music industry as well to have a different lens and perspective in going into a new position this sounds like a science like <laughs> <laughs> well I, I think it's more of an art than a science um, it really depends on the culture you know within that particular business group and on that team 
that's going to determine who is going to be the best candidate for that job. You know, somebody can have all the qualifications and and meet that job description exactly, but if they don't fit in with the the team and um, they don't add some kind of value or close a skill gap on that team, then it might not be the right fit. Yeah. You know, you want some um, creative controversy a little bit you want diversity of thought within a team um but sometimes like the culture fit is not there and it it would be a bad hire you know even if they have all the right skill sets so it is it's 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 all it's very gray (laughs) within within talent acquisition it's it's never ever black and white do you sit then with the people who are doing the hiring with that group to kind of determine what that culture is and or is that an ongoing thing you're always trying to meet people within the company to kind of in the back of your mind know what different groups what they're like in terms of yeah it is it is ongoing and it's it's always evolving because there's so many changes in the industry so they're always going to be looking for a different skill set as new technologies come out or if somebody leaves the that team you know and a different personality comes on the team so it's constantly evolving i i sit within the hr team on floor seven (laughs) and but also i recruit for most of the corporate functions they're on floor seven so it's very easy for me to kind of walk over to my new york colleagues and and talk to them about fit and what they're looking for and i do like a 30 minute we call it an intake meeting with the hiring manager to understand it's like nine pages of questions that we have for them about where to go to find this talent what networks they're affiliated with um you know what special qualities do they need them to have in the future if they're thinking five years down the line um you know what would make a good fit with some of the peers on the team so it's it is it's it's tough (laughs) but yeah i think each each team within each business unit and then the overall company like i think you have the same values and the same passion overall that that's shared but within each team it's always going to look a little bit different is there any like specific notes that you wish people were more like keen towards and would hone in on what do you mean by notes like particular like aspects that they should be showing that like advice that you would want to give somebody that they're coming to interview and you you want them to show a certain side so you can hire them in an interview yeah yeah I mean I think first and foremost to me your passion for what you do and for the company that you're interviewing for needs to come through and I'm not saying everyone has to be extroverted and a cheerleader for what they're trying to interview for, but I think there needs to be some level of, of love for, for what it is that you are interviewing for and being really educated on, as much as you can be, the company that you're interviewing for and the people that you're interviewing with. There's so much data out there now. You can, like for Warner, you can go to our website and see a ton of information on our financials, on all of the news that have come out, on who's been appointed to what positions recently, on the different groups that are under our umbrella. So having just the basic knowledge is impressive. Um, and knowing a little bit about you know, the, the interview panel that you might be meeting with by looking them up on LinkedIn is also impressive, and, and you should do your homework. Very good. Um, what are some behind-the-scenes activities that go into your... Because I know you're on floor seven, you have to meet, do all these meetings, but what else goes into your actual job of hiring? Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) I mean, every I will say, um, 
being a recruiter and, and managing recruiters is different every single day. Um, you know, very simply, I mean, we're meeting with the hiring managers and finding out what their staffing needs are right now and in the future so we can build a pipeline of candidates for open positions that might be coming down the line. Like right now, our company is budgeting for our next fiscal year, so they're determining what talent they're going to need, you know, come 2018. So we'll sit with the HR partners and figure out, okay, what do we need to start looking for in the external market? Are there, is there anyone internally that we want to promote? Or are there any former interns or college marketing reps that were excellent that we want to think about for entry-level opportunities? So there's that whole piece of it. Um, and then it's actually kind of going out to the market and headhunting. I mean, we, we post our jobs and we look through the applications of people who have applied, but we are always proactively going out and soliciting passive talent, so people that are currently working or not looking for their next opportunity and selling them the idea of coming to work for Warner Music Group and why this position might be the best job of your life. So doing a lot of that during the day. Um, we also have to fill like very quick temp positions. So if like a receptionist has to be out, we have to find talent immediately and hopefully we have a pipeline that's background checked and ready to go to fill those positions. Um, we're thinking about revamping our whole careers website right now because we don't have any information up there about our benefits, our intern programs, different opportunities in different locations, um, life at WMG, you know, a focus on our people. So creating a whole employment branding strategy to attract different talent, not only who want to be in the music industry, but like people who are in finance and IT who might not think of Warner as an employer of choice. So how do we reach that market on our career and then on social too? Um, we have a whole campaign, I shouldn't call it a campaign, but we have a focus on um, diversity and inclusion efforts. So what does that look like? Where are we going to start? You know, do we start with women and, and promoting them into positions within our company? Where do we stand now as a company? You know, what are our demographics look like from the senior most executives all the way down? So looking at that stuff and then um, the internship program is a big piece of it too. We hire about 175 or so interns per semester and we do it fall, spring, and summer. So um, just our two campus recruiters, Caitlin and Hannah, who are incredible, just travel the whole country, you know, almost every semester finding the talent for, for our internships that we have. Um, so that's just, that's a, mm -hmm. <laughs> a high level, I think, what we do. Um, you know, we have a, we have, we're about seven people on our team, and we each kind of recruit for our own business units. Um, but it's, I love it. I mean, I, I think it, it's great, and I, I enjoy people who are passionate about what they want to do, and it makes it my job easier when yeah. it comes to fine talent. Han Hannah told me you guys had close to 3,000 people apply for summer internships. We did, we That's did, amazing. yes, and wow. we celebrated. We, we, I told mm -hmm. them I had a bottle of champagne on my desk, and I said if we exceed 1,000 uh -huh. intern applications, we'll, we'll pop this champagne. And we hit over 3,000, so I was really excited wow. for them because yeah, of all yeah. their, their efforts that they've done. Wow. And that was for 175 slots in the summer? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, a, little bit, a little bit less, like 172 or so, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I, I mean, it's great. It speaks to all the work that they've been doing. And um, even though our program is, is unpaid, you know, <laughs> all these people still want to come and work for Warner Music. So you'll get people from all over. Obviously, that 3,000 isn't just from the tri-state area. Oh, no. You know? mm -hmm. So, and the internships are for New York and Nashville, L.A., elsewhere. And Miami. In Miami. Yeah. So, um, 
And then we do have a UK intern program, but that's a year-long kind of apprenticeship. And so that's separate from this program. How does that work? Do you mind if I ask that, Corey? No. How does that work? Yeah, yeah so that, um, it's it's for students, you know, in the UK or who, who can get a visa and, and work internationally. Maybe they're studying abroad and they can do this internship mm -hmm. year long. So it's a, it's, a, it's a year apprenticeship. It is a paid program in the UK. Um, it's a very extensive application and assessment process they go to. Kelly Stone is actually the recruiter in the UK who oversees the UK internship program. Um, so I think they, it's funny because they, I think they do these mini projects too because when I was talking with Kelly, she was saying that they have a, a UK choir that the interns had started out there a couple oh, of years wow. ago. Yeah, so there's different things I think um, that they do. It, it doesn't mirror what we do here in the U.S., um, but, uh, but a great program, and a lot of them convert to full-time hires. Can somebody from the U.S. apply for the U.K.? They program? can if they can, if they can, as um, long as they can get, go to school out there. Not, not necessarily go to school out there, but get the visa to work uh -huh. um, in the U.K. And that's just one intern, that's, or that's multiple interns? Oh, there's multiple interns okay. that are in that program. Has anybody from the U.S. ever gotten it? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It sounds like one of those really cool... Yeah, yeah, we get asked, things you could put on your resume. Yeah. yeah, we get asked about it all the time. Really, if somebody's going to go study abroad, can they also do an internship? Uh, but most of our study abroads are semester; they're not full year ones. Yeah, this one is. This you know, one. How about how many there. interns are in the UK? I think they do fifteen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's not really it's not as many. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the year? Is it like um, calendar year? The calendar yeah. year. Okay. Oh, really? Oh no, I'm sorry. Like the the school, school semester. Year. So yes, like September exactly. through May mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Probably maybe we'll be able to work something around that. With you? School. No, not me. I graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Why not? Um, is there a certain like ratio that you make sure to take on board of interns that you have going in your pipeline? Um, you mean from the applicants? Yeah, like that you, so you have intern for the spring semester and you like them, but you also have 174 more. <laughs> What's, how many of those will you actually take and give them a position to? Or is it kind of diary? It's really up to the managers. I mean, we present, we phone screen, oh God, hundreds and hundreds of applicants. Um, we also have like an intern fair where we invite students into New York and California to do kind of like a speed dating interview style with our hiring managers who will be getting an intern for that semester. And um, they decide, you know, after we do our initial vetting and screen to make sure they meet the basic qualifications, that they can get credit for the program, the manager will then go on to decide who they want to take on that summer or that fall spring. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to fire an intern? Yeah. Is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Interns have um, left, too, just because it hasn't been the right culture fit. I mean, you know, working in the music industry, it's a little bit more informal. It's relaxed. It sometimes it's it's not as corporate or um, I guess buttoned up as as maybe some would expect coming in. So they have to kind of be okay with in working in some labels like that. Um, it is the culture, and, and some realize maybe this is not the right fit for them. Like this is not what they want to do or what they thought that they wanted to do. Some so some have left. What have been some of the horror stories, though? Oh, God. well, 
<laughs> I know that one intern, I think, tried to sell weed to, to one of our supervisors. Right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was... I Poor mean, target market for that. Right, business. right. Yeah. I mean, just the wrong market. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so, a good yeah. one, though. I, well, I had that once. Did you? Someone told you we Well, no, I had an intern that uh, made the wrong decision. In other words, was friendly with one of the departments that he was in, and they pushed him in a stock room, and they all got high in the stock room. And the supervisor found out, called me, and said, He's a great guy, I know. So I said, Absolutely. So I called the kid, and the kid said, don't even have to tell me. Yeah. I made a stupid decision, and I could see what happened. You know, the guy just pushed him in the room. Nothing will happen to you, man. Yeah. And uh, I had to let him go, too, of course. You know, um, and it wasn't a straight supervisor. I mean, supervisor that was a student of mine previously, and he was a real nice guy, and, you know, but he said, and I said, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's... It, it's, it walks a really fine line, especially yeah. some of these interns are invited to a lot of parties exactly. and um, events and shows, and Absolutely. you are put in these situations where you just have to make the right judgment call. And mm -hmm. even though, you know, some people may be doing the wrong thing or, you know, I, I don't right. know if I would call it the wrong thing, but, you know, the, <laughs> the thing yeah. that you shouldn't be doing as an intern, yeah. you know, you just have to make the right call. And sometimes it's it's hard to, I guess, as a student yeah. and it's your first situation. That's what, you know, if you have a 19 year old yeah. and it's a liquor and they start drinking and exactly and so on, they just, you can't do that, you know, period. Yeah. And should the supervisor say, I'm not going to babysit. Yep. You know, and that's and you're absolutely right. You know? Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's a party it's a environment. It's a tough, so it's tough. It's not like being an accountant. Exactly. Intern, <laughs> you know, in four thirty you're already putting the pencils together and leaving. You know. No. This goes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the great industry personnel will say, "Forever, I don't know when work stops and the party begins." Yeah. It just merges in into that. You know. It does for sure. Yeah. Did you ever have that happen to you? Yes, I drank too felt? much uh, when I was an intern at one particular party. You were I 21? Was... Yes, I was yeah. 21, but I should not have had so much to drink at this holiday party yeah. in 1989. And I met <laughs> this guy, he was the head of Polygram Worldwide, Alan Levy. Oh, yeah. And I was introduced to him, Alain introduced Levy. to him. Yes. And I made a comment to him because I'd had, that was my first time I ever had a margarita. Oh, God. And uh, I had had a couple of margaritas. Tequila. Yeah, and I was introduced to him. And uh, I, he was French, and I mentioned how I had been to France a few years before and how at the top of the Eiffel Tower, I spit in, in to see what would happen. Good opener. <laughs> yeah, I got a job anyway, but probably because he forgot. That. He didn't appreciate yeah. that. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> like that terrible. so that would be the thing so the thing not to do would be in this case if you're an intern uh, at a company party of, of any sort don't drink don't do any right. of that just take that night and just mm -hmm. if you're offered if your supervisor says hey have a couple of drinks don't worry even yeah. if you're 21 that would be yeah, the best thing don't yeah, do probably it probably just don't do it avoid yeah, the peer pressure network. and just yeah yeah, yeah. just Same profession. yeah just exactly. say I'll be your DD tonight but I don't want to uh, and yeah. chances are the people who 
are the sober ones are the ones that you're going to be wanting to speak with and network with anyway. Yeah. You know, they'll remember yeah. you. They're, they'll be able to put you in touch with other people. And, you know, I think the rule of thumb is, too, when once you start getting, you know, not just an internship, but um, when you're a full-time employee, what is it, one one drink behind your manager? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, or none at all. <laughs> yeah. What? Can you explain a bit of the internal process that goes along with placement of interns? Yes. So um, <coughs> we start the application process way ahead of when we're actually placing the interns. So we have our fall internship program that will probably start orientation the end of August, early September. In the next two weeks, we're going to start recruiting for the fall. So it starts really early on. What we do is we ask the whole company, okay, here, our internship program for the fall is ramping up, who would like an intern? You know, and then they fill out an educational plan. So, you know, what kind of learning experience is their group going to provide to that intern? Um, and then we vet it with our HR partners to make sure that this person can in fact have an intern, they're a good manager, they're in good standing, and the educational plan is sound, and they don't really just need a temp to help them with admin work. Um, so we, we do all that up front on the back end. Um, and then what we do is we post the or we post the job um, by location on our website. So if you go to wmg.com slash careers and you type in that it'll say 2017 fall internship program, um, you should be able to choose the city that you like and apply there and all the requirements are there. Then once you apply, I think one of the questions asks about credit. So if you can't get credit, unfortunately, you would not be able to work or intern, I should say, with Warner Music Group. Mm -hmm. So um, we start vetting all the resumes just based on um, the qualifications that we have, you know, their cover letter, are they passionate about the music industry, do they have great written communication skills, um, and then we do 15-minute phone screens with the candidates that we think would be a good fit for the program. So Caitlin and Hannah do literally back-to-back -back phone interviews from morning to night, you know, with potential candidates until we have a good pool to then present to the hiring managers. In between all of that, they go on campus, they meet with university career center directors, college professors like yourselves, um, they do the info sessions, they do um, on-site interviews with students, um, and that's also them building our brand on campus, but also getting a pool that way. Um, and then we submit the resumes to the hiring manager, they select who they'd like to interview. Um, from there, they tell us who they wanna hire, um, and then we start we start the internship program for that semester. <laughs> when you when you get the um, they apply online. Are uh -huh. you is there a, a computer system that's filtering them before they get to you, or do you guys read every single one? There's no there's not like any knockout questions. If right. they answer no to getting credit, then they're automatically disqualified. Mm -hmm. So the computer will knock them out. <laughs> um, but no, we get every single application. Now, can we go through 3,000 applications? No, between mm -hmm. two people. So it really is kind of whoever comes in first and we have our huge pool of applicants, those are the ones that are vetted first and seen first. And in the event that those candidates are, are not good enough for the program or the managers want to see more, then we go back to the pool and see who else we have. So it really truly is get your application in as soon as possible um, so that we can we can vet you and we can send you off to the hiring managers. Can I call you and say, 
uh, Jane Brown would be a great fit for Phil Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I just see her personality, and I know Phil quite well. What can happen to make at least the interview happen with Take Phil place. Smith? Yeah, and it usually will. So you know, I, I I would always say like applying online is yes, you you have to do that step, right. but don't just do that. So going above and beyond by connecting with me or Hannah or Caitlin or one of the other recruiters mm-hmm. in Warner on LinkedIn or via email or say, hey, I saw you at this event. I'm really interested in the intern program and email us or call us. That's how your application is going to get noticed and rise to the top. Yeah. And it, you'll at least get a phone interview with yeah. one of the recruiters for the program. Um, we have a lot of VIP candidates yeah. <laughs> you know, that people refer from you know internally. We have a great referral program. Mm-hmm. So... Of course, we'll always take those into consideration too. So, the more research you do and trying to get yourself in front of the eyes of the right people, the better your chances. What about a college grad who's been out of, who graduated say a year ago and they still haven't gotten something? Um, do they start to look stale to you? Because and maybe they're spending the year and they're trying to work at the School of Rock or something like yeah. that and just yeah. do something, but they're not getting that first job. Um, yeah. How, how does how does that work with you? Well, they wouldn't be considered for an internship. No, no, no. no for I'm, a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I oh, that's did, okay. To totally switch gears yeah. now yeah, for an actual time. job. Yeah. For an actual job. So you're saying like they still have like a part time gig at School of Rock? Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because they haven't been able to get that. They've interviewed, say, at, at Universal or you know for Ticketmaster or things like that, but they just haven't been chosen for anything yet. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fine as long as you're showing that you're still doing something? Are you Mm -hmm. taking extra classes within that year? Are you working part-time? Are you volunteering to stay relevant, you know, with with your skills and showing that you really are trying to make connections or, you know, work in the fields? Then then absolutely. But if someone, you know, really has nothing on their resume and and hasn't been able to get a job for a year, then I would probably pass on that Mm -hmm. candidate. Um, But I guess the lesson is kind of what you just said is, okay, I graduate, because there are a lot of you know, college students listen. So you graduate in May. Um, <coughs> until you get that job, part of your plan is besides applying for jobs, still doing other things. Yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, like where we are in um, New Jersey, there's a thing called Outpost in the Burbs. You know, which, which does like booking is based in Montclair. Okay. And they put on shows and things. Well, um, volunteering for that, working right. yeah. for that, or but doing the, different things. The other thing we do, is, it's it's skipping his mind right now. We always whether they're the undergraduate or the graduate, we make sure that they do an, in, an internship in the last semester as a student, and hopefully that they can stay on a couple of weeks after graduation if they don't have anything because they're sort of in the business, they're not, but they're sort of in the business and not back to their mother's basement yeah, <laughs> uh, and so on. So we always try to do that. It's, in fact, for our MBAs, we make it, it's, um, you know, it's a policy. Yeah. But they must internship in their last semester. That's great. So that they, they should. So that they can hang on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if they're really good, then even we found that the receptionists in that department, uh, let's say you're, they are at Warner, but they'll call over at Sony or they'll call and say, hey, I got this great person. We don't have room for her. But if they go back to the mother's basement, you know what happens. You know, yeah. in three days, somebody else is in, and that's it. 
So it's true, and you, you make a good point about the receptionist that you never know who you're leaving an impression on. Right. So I mean, everyone from you know the guy in the parking lot to yep. the receptionist to the person helping to clean the bathroom, like all you never know who those people are connected right. with. Right. So making it a good impression with all of them and being yeah. kind, yeah. you know, is something that you should always be doing. But right. I, I mean, for me, like I like to see that hustle. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to know that, like, if are you waitressing or are you giving classes yeah, or, like, what are you doing in that year? Like, are, are you just sitting in your mother's basement going crazy or are you trying yeah. to make strides to get that job? And, yeah. and what are you doing? Yeah. Being able to explain that and, and write it nicely, you know, on, on your resume, I think would be big. I always, I always tell this story in the 80s. Adam Kornfeld, who's a, uh, a big agent for many years with ATI, uh, and... He was an intern at William Morris, and this is in the days of the, the giving out. He was in the mailroom, of course, and, and he was in the mailroom giving out the mail around noon, and this was the days before cell phones and so on. And he noticed that they, the guys went to lunch, nobody was answering the phones. So he'd be delivering the mail, and he'd pick up the phone, and he'd leave, you know, call John Jones, Adam. And after a while, people in the, who's this guy, Adam? You know, <laughs> And he got hired. Oh, that's awesome. He found that little thing yep. that made him, you know, stand out. And interesting enough with him, too, is that, I don't want to bring him up, but uh, when he got the call from William Morris, they said, blah, 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 Adam, and are you the one that did your resume white on black? And he says, yes. He said, you're stuck out. In other words, it was different. Yeah. It was the opposite, you know, it was this rather than that. And for some reason, he did those. You know, he's been a successful vice president now for 30 years. But I always remember that story that I tell that story because he found that thing that wasn't being handled. <laughs> and he stuck his neck out and, and, you know, and did it. And it wasn't just the one guy, but he did it, you know, around so that there was a buzz sort of created. You know, who is this guy? That's you know, awesome. And that's leaving mm-hmm. message and so on. Do, do you look at. Obviously, you look at resumes, but are you looking if mine's the traditional resume and Corey's has some cooler fonts or is made like a, a Facebook profile page and is more creative than yeah. mine, does that matter to you? Or it's really just what's the words on the page as opposed to the layout? That- yeah, I mean, I think it's both. I mean, you know, for a lawyer, I probably want to see the traditional resume in a PDF format and it's mm-hmm. standard. For mm-hmm. someone who is going to be a digital marketer or graphic designer, I'd probably be looking for a more creative layout. Mm-hmm. So on top of all the content that's in there. Yeah, so, right. yeah, I think it depends on the position. But I've seen mm-hmm. a ton of resumes that are really cool and really creative. So I, I would um, encourage people to do that, mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. Especially this business. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. The entertainment business is different than shoe business yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you want it to reflect a little portion of yourself. You do, mm-hmm. yes. Which divisions are hardest for you to find people to employ? Good question. Corporate finance. Mm-hmm. Ah. It's very hard. Um, That's very interesting because we now <laughs> are graduating MBAs. And uh, originally... MBAs were doing their internship and then they were going to the standard bachelor entry-level position. And we started early, Aaron Van Dyne and I, we started early saying, no, 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 we want you to get a three-piece suit, not like the bachelors. 
and we want you to apply for those other positions, the marketing, the finance, whatever, especially if somebody took extra finance and so on. And now with all the data that's necessary, you know, that's being received and they're looking for people who have had so much data analysis and we're starting to see finally that they're respecting the MBA in much of the industry because they realize the need for it. Yeah. But it was a hard sell in the beginning, just what you're, you're saying, because the students themselves were going to A&R and they were going to, you know, marketing and said, no, 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 you, you've got an MBA now. So even if you want to get out of the industry, you have an MBA, go to another industry. What, yeah. what, you know, so it's interesting. I mean, Sorry, we, we definitely don't have a branding problem in attracting talent, <laughs> right. but we do have a problem with, um, I guess, being competitive against some of those big four accounting firms. You know, so people that are want to be financial analysts or auditors mm-hmm. um, or, you know, be a controller one day. They these like Deloitte and KPMG and PwC they yeah. they go to these colleges and they offer them jobs before like a year before yeah, they're going to graduate yeah. and they're really really competitive and they have a structured um, promotion and yeah. career trajectory for these these students coming yeah. out of school so for us for these like financial analyst positions we we do typically pay to market maybe we're a tiny bit under um, but these students that are, we, we require big four experience for most of them. Mm. So coming out of that in such a structured environment, if I do X, I'm going to get promoted to, to Y. Then coming into kind of this more relaxed yeah, environment yeah. where yeah. it's you create your own career, you you work your butt off, you, mm. you know, to get noticed and, and you know, be the, the, the obvious choice for promotions. No one's mm. going to tap you on the shoulder. Um, and, and then also not have some of the, the, perks in terms of um, vacation time or um, bonuses, things like that, that they would have at Big Four, mm-hmm. it's it's not attractive like you think it would be for those kinds of students mm-hmm. who are maybe thinking about getting on the financial services industry, music seems sexy to them, I'm going to apply, but for, for whatever reason, when we go to close the deal, the Big Four company kind of reins them back in and gives right. them something additional. So those, yeah. to me, are really, really hard to fill. Yeah. Complete, okay. this, complete this sentence. Okay. Okay. The best intern candidate is. Oh boy, this is really hard. <laughs> you put on the spot now. Yeah, I know. Oh. It's like an, an interview. I mean, it hire. The best intern candidate is someone who is super passionate about wanting to have a career in the music industry can network like nobody's business and is also very professional is that good that, i thought that was very good, very good. Okay. all right so when you say network like nobody's business what is your definition in that so so for me it's you know there's some people that are um intern candidates or employees within the company that they just know everybody and everybody knows them and they're super connected but they're not somebody's you know daughter or niece or nephew they they just have this personality that allows them to be connected not only to their own group that they're working for but they collaborate with people outside of different groups making work more effective and sparking creativity i think amongst other business groups so to me they you know somebody that's able to do that is probably going to be really successful that's great that's really good i know you guys also just as an internship program 
you have a lot of educational opportunities for the students too. They're not just going in yeah. and stuffing envelopes. They're going Correct. in and doing some real work and they're learning and getting some real world experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're, um, they go through an orientation um, where they're introduced to the company and the, and the music business in general. We have a couple guest speakers that are executives come down and talk to the students that day. Um, if you work, if you're interning for Atlantic Records, you also participate in Marketing Madness, where you're given an artist to choose from and put into teams, and then you create a mock marketing campaign for that artist and work on that all semester and get the opportunity to meet with um, product developers and digital marketing um, people within the company to give you advice and, and hear them talk about how they do marketing campaigns for certain artists. And then they get the opportunity to present their campaign in front of Julie Greenwald, who's the, the head of Atlantic Records, and a couple of other people on her team. So that's one thing that they get to do, which is awesome because you get to see right there who is rising to the top as people who are great communication skills, really put together, can present well, who don't get flustered, who can present context in a really meaningful and exciting way, um, who has some really great ideas for marketing campaigns that maybe they didn't think of, um, who uses different social medias and, and different way, or different platforms that, that Julie maybe have, hasn't thought of. So that's, that's great. Um, we also do a resume writing workshop for them, interviewing skills, how to build out a LinkedIn profile. Um, so we do that for all of the interns and also our college marketing reps. Um, and then we have all the different guest speaker events. So you know we'll have somebody come down and, and talk about how they started in the industry and, and where they are today. Um, you know we have like the head of um, Fueled by Ramen came down and did that at the beginning of the internship program. I think one semester some A and R reps will come down and talk about what they do. And then whatever's happening at the office during that semester, they can participate in. So we had Tech Week a couple weeks ago where we had all these different vendors from like Spotify and Microsoft and wearable technologies come and do all these presentations and virtual reality booths set up that they could participate in. And they can do that, you know, while they're on, on the office premises, they can be involved. So it's cool because it's an unpaid internship, but it's also probably one of the better internships you would get in the industry, especially if you're yeah. looking to work for a label. Yeah, I, I mean, we've gotten, and we do evaluations to make sure that we're always improving the program, so we're thinking of new ways to enhance it, so doing rotations so they get a, a taste of what it's like to work in a different part of, of the business, so maybe they're really passionate about marketing, they wanna work in marketing, well, let's have you work in marketing, but maybe you wanna try out I don't know, at analytics, like you may, you, and so mm -hmm. trying out what's the best way to um, have them rotate around. We are also toying with the idea of doing this WMG student alumni speaker series. So having former interns come back and have a panel and talk to them about the realities of graduating and what kind of slap them in the face mm -hmm. once they graduated. Um, you know, so real world advice from them and then doing kind of round tables like you did. I was kind of inspired by your event actually to do something like that where you have all different tables and have the panelists sit with all the, yeah. the interns. Um, you know, so I, I think there's, it's like kind of limitless what we can do. Mm -hmm. um, our CEO is also really involved in the internship program. He did a contest for the interns about a year ago where submit your best idea and then he you know gave them a I think it was like an Amazon fire or something like that so I mean and it's a great way for them to be exposed to a lot of top-level executives and, and have meetings with them so 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably the, one of the best programs in the companies that I've worked for. You know, I, I worked for Pearson for a long time. That was a paid program, but to me, far and away, this is a, a much better um, educational experience. They bring a lot. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So the supervisor that uh, suggests the dry cleaning gets picked up at noon and walk my dog when you bring <laughs> the dry cleaning to my... <laughs> condo what do you do when i mean i've had it happens tell me yeah yeah there's Many there's times. there's coffee runs and things like that yeah. um look we we try to discourage it as much right. as we possibly coffee can run, i can understand you know it's like your turn in the drain <laughs> yeah. you know, but that but, but the stuff that you but know, they shouldn't be doing pick that up dry, <laughs> pick up the dry cleaning and walk the dog you know. I've never heard of that experience yeah. within our own company. Yeah, I don't know where it was. Yeah, I mean, I, really I, I think, you know, for us, it's, you know, coffee runs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, sometimes I think it's a rite of passage that they all had to do it. And, you know, right. it's just the, kind of the culture in some spots. Um, but I think that we train the interns on certain tasks that they're asked to do, what are they should and should not do. Mm-hmm. So we during orientation, we go through all of that, and also the managers get a training on what what is educational versus what is admin work. Right. So I mean, there's always people that will take advantage, but it, yeah. yeah, try to avoid that as much as possible. Hmm. Do you do you have interns in HR? Actually, we're having one this summer. Really? Okay. So we just made her an offer, and she accepted. Her name is Rachel. Oh, really? So I'm really excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, this happened. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. It's a great day for Rachel. Yeah, it's a Rachel's great day very, for Rachel. Rachel's very excited right now. <laughs> yeah, so she um, she's just coming out of her master's program for human resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had an internship at Aflac. Aflac. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, huh. went to Ramapo. And um, she will be starting with us in June. So mm-hmm. we're going to have her do split um, for helping us with the internship program, doing research on other intern programs, how do we make ours even better, on competitors and what they're doing, um, diversity and inclusion, how do we infuse that in our, into our intern program, what are student-run organizations that she can tap into. Um, and then also she's going to be doing generalist responsibilities, so employee relations, performance management, talent development, complaints, onboarding, so learning everything from talent acquisition to true HR work. That sounds like a very good yeah. opportunity as well. Yeah, really I'm excited nice. for her. She likes right. it. <laughs> are, are there parts of of the company within the Warner Music Group? We mentioned how it's hard to get people for finance, for example. Yeah. Finance. But are there parts of the company <clears throat> that people don't really think about? Like everybody wants A&R, it yeah. seems. But are there other parts that maybe aren't as sexy, but they're there and they're more interesting than one would think? So, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think even working in HR, I still feel like I'm a part of a label. I still feel like I'm working for a music company because of all of the events that are happening around me at all times. So, you know, I think no matter what you do for a music company, you are contributing to the music. You have to think of it that way. Otherwise, 
what are we what are we doing right so I mean there's this position that I'm filling now the council role open an attorney role um, for our corporate office and they draft all the employment agreements and vendor agreements and they look at the language the bonus language maybe in an A&R contract so this candidate who's moved on he did a really good job he said to me because I said well are you sure you don't want to go work for one of the labels eventually and you know do all of the artists contracts he's like he goes no being able to write the contracts for the people who then go out and find the talent and then come back to the table and and you know make this company what it is he's like that is so exciting to me so I, I thought that was just such a great answer that he had because often people will use certain things as a stepping stone and just try to get their foot in you know <clears throat> but he truly you know seemed passionate about doing this kind of work in this situation and mm -hmm. I think being genuine like that will allow him to maybe go do other things but you do see that where people are trying to get their foot in and yeah and, and, and that's got to be a harder sell for them and and but I guess there are lots of times you're seeing well this person really wants to do why but you know they're, they're, they want they want to do yeah. they're applying for X but I will tell you that managers don't want to interview those people mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I mean it's interesting you know people clearly say you know I want to get into A&R eventually so I'll, I'll do whatever you know I'll, I, I'll, I'll take any job and that's probably the worst response that you can have. Mm -hmm. um, yes, if you want to go into A&R, then that's what you should be shooting for. Um, if you want to go into you know, other avenues, you should absolutely explore them. You might find something that you love that you never knew existed. But um, even if in your heart you want to go into A&R and you're just trying to get your foot in the door, I would never say that to a recruiter. I would never say that to a hiring <laughs> manager. I would be as convincing as possible that this is the career you want and be have points as to why it is. Mm -hmm. And Riggs Morales, we add in. We'll, we'll start to finish up. We had Riggs Morales, who's a big VP of A&R at Atlantic Records. And his point when people were asking him about how do I get an internship with you was basically, he told us this on the radio when he told a class, he said, um, what, what value do you bring? Yeah. Is that something that you're looking for when, it, when we talk about interns? Uh, what value do they bring to this organization to, and, and are they, is this, you're trying to make it the minor leagues because you want this pool of interns who you hire to hopefully be people that you can hire? Is yeah, that I mean, to? you always hope for that. Um, but as an unpaid program, we, we really can't get any value out of having these interns come on board for us. Now, if we were a paid model, we would use this as a pipeline mm -hmm. of candidates that would, we'd potentially hire into intern, or I'm sorry, entry-level opportunities. Now, yes, we always hope that the people who have interned for us, paid or unpaid, will come to work for us in the future. Um, but I would ask that question more for people who are coming on as employees or temps rather mm -hmm. than interns because for them it's, well, what educational experience are you hoping to gain from work for, from interning for us? Not so much what kind of value can you provide to us because at that point in their lives it, it, it might not be very much, you know, because they've, they haven't done too much in their careers yet. They can provide information on how they consume music and where they go to um, get a fan experience. But in terms of what they can do, hopefully we're not gaining anything from our interns right now except their, their mm -hmm. analytical minds on, on music consumption. But I asked that question for, for full time. Interesting. All right. Mm -hmm.
<clears throat> well, this has been a full-time yeah. interview. This is really, <laughs> really great. You've yeah. brought great value to thank us, you. even though this was an unpaid interview as well. So we should thank, thank Caitlin Droz. No, you should guys we? are the best. Thank You're you. the best, Caitlin. <laughs> Stop it. So we, your last name is D-R-O-D-Z. D-R-O-Z-D. Sorry, Droz-D. Oh, that's right. It's hard to yes. say it without reading it. D-R-O-Z-D. Yes, And Polish. we can look you up on uh, LinkedIn yes. and it's okay for people to connect. Do you oh, want please them, do. Do you yeah. want them to send you a note or do you want them to just, if it's on a mobile phone, it's harder to send the note and they just connect. And either just either way request. is fine. Yeah, connect okay. with me, connect with people on my team. So Michael Baptiste is actually the recruiter for Atlantic Records. So if you are looking to get into Atlantic Records or WIA or ADA, Michael Baptiste is the recruiter okay. for that. Hannah um, Kremer and Caitlin Fitzpatrick are the two campus recruiters for the internship program, so likely you'll want to connect with them. Kate, um, Hannah for New York and Caitlin for California, Nashville, and Miami. Um, and then Monique Jackson is out in California. She's our West Coast recruiter, so anything on the West Coast that is full-time or temp opportunities, you can connect with Monique. There we go. I think you're going to have a lot of applicants now. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine that you got. 6,000. 6, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much for thank being you. on Music thank Biz 101. More, more, big, a bunch of clapping. We are really dizzy. And we want to thank uh, Corey with vowels, Corey Annuale. We'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Corey, I A N U A L E. I can't, I have to read it. I can't do it in my yeah, yeah. head. Sometimes I forget yeah. how to spell exactly. it. Exactly. So. But thank you for arranging this, Corey, and asking yeah. good questions. Thank you. Corey, thank you very much. Yeah. Dr. Esteban Marconi, thank you very much for well, being here. Thank you, my co host. What are you doing right now? I'm getting up the camera so we take pictures. Oh, okay, we're going to take a picture of this so <laughs> okay. our, our listeners can watch this. So uh, thank you, Dr. Steve Marconi. Of course, I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp, and we thank you for listening. Of course, at the end of every interview, we do not say hello. That would be silly. So at the end of every interview, you know what you say, Kate? What do we say? We say, adios!
Tell